So if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to join me in Romans chapter 6, verses 1 to 4, or if you have your electronic devices following along there as well. Uh, this is not the Romans reading that uh, Martha read for us just a moment ago. It's uh, a different Romans reading, just a chapter before, uh, chapter, uh, uh, this is chapter 6, right, before, uh, right after what Martha read. What it has to do with is something that we like to engage in here at Bethany. We've been doing it for some months now, and that is taking the word of the Lord into our heart, uh, into our mind, our being, by memorizing scripture. And so this section, Romans 6, 1 to 4, is, uh, is a, a larger part of one aspect of the memory verse for this month of June. This month of June's memory verse is, is uh, Romans chapter 6, uh, verse 4, the last half, verse, uh, last half of verse 4, section B. Let me read for you verses 1 to 4 as we, we get a context of what we're talking about. Paul uh, is writing to the church in Rome, we hear it as the Spirit speaks to us, saying, Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Asks the question. And he answers his own question. He says, By no means. We are those who have died to sin. And asks the question, How can we live in it any longer? And another question, And don't we know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, here's the memory verse then for us for this month of June, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, well, we too may live a new life. Now for that, that last half of verse 4 to really click for us, we need the context of these, for, of these first four verses, the wholeness there, uh, as the Spirit speaks to us concerning this. And it has to do with us living in this time, these days of, of life, until the Lord's return again. And I don't know about you, for me right now, uh, time kind of has a different feeling to it, right? I, I can liken it a little bit back to um, uh, times when I, I, I've sat in a, a waiting room just wishing the clock to move, or or maybe at tragic times, like in an emergency room, and, and, and willing, trying to will that second hand to move a little bit faster, to move on to well, what, what's needed to come next. Uh, I, the best example for me that I have about this is, is when I was a uh, high school student, and I'm sitting in a particular class in the afternoon. It's a class that didn't really gel with me. I didn't find it interesting. Teacher was great. I just didn't enjoy the class very well. And I was anxious to get out and strap on the football pads and, and go to football practice. And I remember staring at that clock just thinking, come on, can't that second hand move any faster? And time just went so slow. Does it feel like that right now in this pandemic time? Some days are just really slow. When is this going to end? When is God going to let time move on so we can move past what we're dealing with right now? When I realized that wishing trying to move that second hand doesn't, didn't work, I'd move to another tactic, and that is I, I'd, I'd resist looking at the clock. I'd ignore it, thinking that the next time I'd look, it'd be further ahead than, than, I, than, than it should be, you know? So I'd, I'd resist even that temptation to see what time it was. Couldn't wait to get outside on a nice spring day and, and enjoy track practice with my, my friends out, in the, out on the track of the school. That didn't help either, because time would move as the Lord God has ordained time to move. Even in this time where, where we're practicing physical 
distancing, even here in, in church and, and wearing masks. You know, I, I can't think about, uh, I can't even think about how those, those professional healthcare workers and other people who have to wear a mask all day long, what that's like for them. Their, their skin is breaking down and they're having other health issues now because of this. And they're wondering, when is this time going to end, right? And this, this physical distancing stuff that we're having to deal with. I'm liking that phrase, physical distancing, rather than social distancing. We can't be social distanced. We're a social creature as God has made us in his image and likeness. But what we're having to do is practice social, uh, physical distancing right now uh, in, the, in this particular time. And that's hard. And these days go slow. And whether, whether we're even uh, at home, like many of you who are watching this live stream and you haven't been out of your house for weeks on end, it's difficult and it's a challenge. Then you throw in there all the things that we're dealing with in a broken, sinful world right now that's, that's flared up, like in Atlanta again, yesterday and overnight, where another life was taken by a, um, an unarmed man, taken by a, a police officer. We don't know the whole story of that all, all yet, but Atlanta's enraged right now. Social, racial injustice. Some of that for good purposes and some of that just for the sake of, of violence. When will these times be made new? We're given a clue. We're given a clue about handle, how to handle time in the days in which we are living now because our time is defined by the Lord in our eternity. It's that last half of verse 4. It's what we're called to memorize. Here it is. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That little phrase calling us to a new life, it speaks about these days as well as the days that are to come when all things are made new, when the, stop, the clock stops here. And we don't have to try to move it faster in our wishing or, or ignore, uh, try to ignore time or all the issues that are going on in our world because we don't want to deal with them. When, when Jesus returns and makes all things new, this is the new life he's speaking about, even as he gives us a new life right now, dealing with a pandemic and physical distancing and masks and social and racial injustice these, these days, this, this time in which we're, we're called to live. And so as that truth is put before us, the Spirit poses some questions for us as we deal with, with these days, with time. One of those questions you heard already is, shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? Is that how we're supposed to live at this particular time? Paul is, uh, is asking the Romans, should we persist in sin? In other words, that which has gripped me in my prejudices, that which has gripped me in my fear and anxiety... That which has gripped me this days in this time because what we're dealing with as a people, should I persist in that? You know the answer to that. Paul answered it for us. By no means. We've died to those things. So this sin that plagues us in this day at this time has been put to death. We no longer persist in these ways. And the next question is, well, how can we live in it any longer? Don't you know, the third question, that all of us who were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death? 
So then we're called not to persist, and when I do persist, I'm living, I'm allowing that sin to which I've been freed from control me. Well, then how do I resist? Am I resisting the Holy Spirit when he's calling me forward in this new life, in this time, when I want to ignore what's going on or not deal with it and just hope for the future, the longing for the coming of the Lord? How do we, how do we live? Those questions of our hearts, our minds of this day, this, this time, this age, is answered for us again by the Spirit in that first part of verse 4, where the Spirit would acknowledge for you and me, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. In other words, what we can say is thank God for time. Because in a moment of time, at a moment of time, you were given a new life in the waters of baptism. Whether you were an infant or an adult, the grace of God washed over you for the forgiveness of your sins at that moment of time claimed by the Lord. I don't know the exact second, minute, hour, but I know it was on November 1st, 1964, when that grace was given to me. Thank God for a moment of time when his one and only son called out, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. When he breathed his last and gave up his spirit in that moment of time, bearing the sins of the whole world as our sacrifice for the condemnation we deserve. At that time, salvation was won for us. And I don't know how long, how many, how, how many minutes, how long it took for, his, for Jesus' followers and disciples to take him down from the cross and wrap his body and do a little bit of preparation for burial. But we do know that over three days' time, Jesus laid in the tomb, and we're told that when Jesus was buried, we were buried with him. Our sin, our death and condemnation, all that which plagues us in this time, to keep us from being the persistent people of God, resisting sin? Isn't that the persisting and resisting we're called to be about? Are we called to persist in sin? Paul says, by no means. Are we called to resist the Holy Spirit? We are those who have died to sin in order that, and now we get to this, this section of, our, our, of Romans 6 that we're called to memorize. Just as Christ was raised from the dead... Through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Yeah. Now, in this time, and for a time that's marked for eternity by the grace of our Lord. To persist in sin? By no means. But to persist in grace as God's people? Do you hear what the, uh, the Israelites were called about as God's people to persist in at that time? When they were called before the Lord in those 40 years of time wandering before they got to the promised land, the Lord said to the Israelites, out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. That's grace in Old Testament language being worked out for his people. And he defined what that means as a treasured possession. You're going to be a kingdom of priests and you're going to be a holy nation. These elements of my being in you will persist 
so that people, all nations, as you're wandering around, as you come into the promised land, in these days in which you live, all people will know who you are and who you belong to. And you know how they responded? Did you hear how, uh, how, 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 what Scott read there? The Israelites responded, we will do everything the Lord has said. That's Old Testament language for saying, we will persist in this calling of grace. For the old is behind us, Egypt, and the new is before us, the promised land. But in these days now, this is what we're called to be, a kingdom of priests, a holy nation unto the Lord. What about you and me in this day, at this time? To be the Lord's holy, treasured possessions, a nation, a priesthood, persisting in that grace. And of resisting the Holy Spirit in sin? No. We are those who have died to sin. But how about resisting sin through grace? That is, living out the holy calling. Jesus gave the command to his disciples as he sent them out. As he, as, he, as he sent them out to the Israelite communities, first of all, this is before his ascension, as he would send them out then to all nations with this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. And you know who that kingdom of heaven is. It's a person. It's a being. It's a culture that he brings into our lives. It's Jesus Christ and his grace that has called us into a new life. My brothers and sisters, to resist in grace is to resist sin and to be persistent in that holy calling of which we've been given now in this time, even amidst the pandemic and physical distancing and masks and social and racial and economic injustice. We're going to have these things in this time until the Lord returns, but we've got to We've got a purpose and a calling about ourselves. We've got an opportunity as a holy nation, a kingdom of priests, people who have been buried with Christ and given a new life, people who persist in that grace of his, uh, of his offering and, and resist that temptation to give in to, to sin. We've been given this incredible message of the kingdom of Jesus living in you and me. Now, I can't make time move faster. You, you can't either. But in this time, this gift, we have an opportunity to proclaim the kingdom. Should we do that together? To the glory of our God, in the caring for one another, to love God and love neighbor, to persist in these ways of holy calling, and to resist the way of the world so that the kingdom of Jesus Christ might be known among us. I look forward to walking with you together in these days, in this way. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for giving to us a word of the Lord, your spirit that moves in our hearts that we might memorize and take in this truth. Just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we, and we can say I, too, may live a new life. This new life is ours, Lord. It's mine. And by your spirit to persist in this holy calling of grace and to resist the evil one and his ploys is my calling now in this time, Lord, even as you prepare my eternity for me. As a member of your holy nation, as a holy priest within this nation, as one who has been given the message of the kingdom of heaven, Jesus Christ himself, empower and strengthen us, Lord, 
proclaim that message of your salvation. In Jesus' name, we praise you and we pray. Amen. May then, my brothers and sisters, the peace of God that passes our understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until life everlasting. Now, in this time.